98K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines. The Urban Renewal Authority announces a huge revamp of Kowloon City. Property prices start rising again after three months of falls. And Beijing's top advisor on the basic law has said Hong Kong's constitutional order may have to change after 2047, but will remain in place until then. The Urban Renewal Authority has unveiled plans for a massive revamp of Kowloon City. The project covers a 400,000 square foot area around Knights in Y Road and Carpenter Road. The URA says it's planning a new government complex, two green pedestrian avenues and double the amount of on-street parking. Its planning and design chief, Wilford Au, says the aim is to, prefer, is to preserve local characteristics, including the area's Thai culture. We intend to invite them, those shop operators with the local characteristics, to come back and operate in the pedestrian night street, helping to vibrantize the areas with their local characteristics. For some intangible parts, such as the some Thai communities, we found they have not enough urban space to curate some of their traditional event festival. Here we increase the urban space and hope they can make use of these new events space to create their activities. Property expert Alcanao says URA must seek input from shop and restaurant operators in Kowloon City on the design of the redevelopment. Mr Our Senior Director of Valuation for JLL, says failing to consult the community would make it difficult to preserve the original flavour of the area. We suggest uh, URA should talk to those uh, local operators as well as to understand the dynamics there, challenges there. I think it is good for them to, to do so because if they plan to do so, I think uh, they mentioned about there should be a, a, um, a local food cultural area there. So I think they need to seek advice from those existing operators as well to try to plan it in the design stage. The latest government data shows private home prices going back up after falling for three straight months. Here's Wendy Wong. The Rating and Valuation Department's home price index edged up half a percent month on month in April. Flats measuring under 1,075 square feet were half a percent more expensive compared with March, while prices of homes bigger than 1,075 square feet were up 0.7 percent. Overall, April home prices were still down nearly 1.8 percent from a year ago. Rents remained unchanged on month after falling for six months, but were 0.2% higher than a year ago. Beijing's top advisor on the basic law has said Hong Kong's constitutional order may have to change after 2047, but will remain in place until then. Shen Shenyao made the comments in his keynote speech at a legal conference marking the 25th anniversary of the basic law. He said the focus should be on the correct implementation of one country, two systems and on accurately mastering the relationship between the nation's constitution and the basic law to protect everyone's interests as well as the SER's prosperity. Fifty years is only a symbolic expression. This would not change even after 50 years. The first 50 years is, we cannot change. Then after 50 years, that would be that we need not change as long as we believe in one country, two systems. Its life, its vitality would be fully expressed. Health authorities have reported 250 new COVID cases, 29 of them imported. One more patient has died. 
Officials also confirmed that four earlier cases involve the BA.2.12.1 subvariant that's thought to have spread at a McDonald's restaurant in Taiku, though there's no clear link to the previous cluster. Dr Albert Ao from the Centre for Health Protection said there's reason to believe that the subvariant is spreading on Hong Kong Island, given that two of the patients work in Wan Chai. The source of infection of these two patients infected with BA.212.1 is unknown, only that they both work in Wan Chai. It's likely that there are some silent transmissions in the vicinity. They probably took place last week. Therefore, at this moment, we are closely monitoring the situation and we will run genome sequencing tests on new local cases to see if they are BA.2.1.2.1. Now the weather, cloudy with a few showers and thunderstorms. Showers will be heavier over some areas tomorrow morning. Temperatures can 27 degrees, humidity 88%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. The Foreign Ministry has blasted a policy speech by US Secretary of State Antony Blinken in which he warned of what he called Beijing's intent to reshape the international order. In his address, Mr Blinken said Washington is not looking for conflict with China, nor is it looking to start a new Cold War, but called for action to counterbalance Beijing's influence. The ministry said the speech showed the US is seeking to suppress China's development. Erin Tam reports. In the 45-minute speech at George Washington University, the Secretary of State said the U.S. would not block China's growing economy but wants it to adhere to international rules. Washington, he said, is not looking to try to change China's political system, although he said it posed the most serious long-term challenge to the international order. In response, Foreign Ministry spokesperson Wang Wenbin said the speech spreads false information and exaggerates the China threat. He told a regular press briefing that it interferes with the country's internal affairs and smears its domestic and foreign policies. In his long-awaited address on U.S. strategy to address China's rise as a great power, Mr. Blinken credited the hard work of the Chinese people and the country's historic economic transformation over the last four decades, but took direct aim at President Xi Jinping. China's transformation is due to the talent, the ingenuity, the hard work of the Chinese people. It was also made possible by the stability and opportunity that the international order provides. But rather than using its power to reinforce and revitalize the laws, the agreements, the principles, the institutions that enabled its success, Beijing is undermining them. Under President Xi, the ruling Chinese Communist Party has become more repressive at home and more aggressive abroad. The Secretary of State also reiterated his country's commitment to the one-China policy over Taiwan, even though President Biden earlier this week said the U.S. would get involved militarily should China attack the island. We oppose any unilateral changes to the status quo from either side. We do not support Taiwan independence, and we expect cross-strait differences to be resolved by peaceful means. We'll continue to uphold our commitments under the Taiwan Relations Act to assist Taiwan in maintaining a sufficient self-defense capability and, as indicated in the TRA, to maintain our capacity to resist any resort to force or other forms of coercion that would jeopardize our security or the social or economic system of Taiwan. In a column in the SCMP, China's ambassador to the U.S. said Washington has been substantially upgrading its official relations with Taiwan. Chen Gang said that while it pays lip service to cross-strait peace, it sells sophisticated weaponry to the island. 
He said this emboldens separatists and adds fuel to the fire. Foreign Minister Wang Yi has visited the Pacific nation of Kiribati, where the future of a vast fishing ground the size of California is at stake. The flying visit was the second stop on his eight-nation trip, which is taking place at the same time as a competing Pacific Islands tour by the Australian Foreign Minister. Mr Long reports. Kiribati closed its borders this year to try to stamp out an outbreak of COVID. But its government made a rare exception to allow Wang Yi and his 20-strong delegation into the country for four hours of face-to-face discussions. At stake is the future of the Phoenix Islands protected area, a stretch of ocean that has been named a UNESCO World Heritage Site. In November, Kiribati President Tanati Mamau announced the government planned to end the commercial fishing ban that had been in place since 2015 and begin to sustainably fish the area. Beijing is keen to get its fishing fleets involved. Reuters says document it's seen show China is seeking a region-wide deal with almost a dozen Pacific Island nations covering policing, security and data communication cooperation. Beijing signed a security pact with the Solomon Islands last month, raising fears it could send troops or even establish a military base there, although Mr Wang denied that during a stopover in Honiara on Thursday. Australia's Foreign Minister Penny Wong, who's in Fiji, told reporters that Canberra has concerns about the pact, but respects that Pacific nations make their own decisions on who to partner with. Obviously, we've expressed our concerns publicly about the security agreement between Solomon Islands and China. And the reason we have is we we think there are, as do other Pacific nations, we think there are consequences. Uh, We think that uh, it's important that the security of the region be determined by the region. Uh, and historically that has been the case, and we think that's a good thing. Ms Wong said she'd travelled to Fiji days after being sworn in to office to show the priority being given to the Pacific by Australia's new Labour government. Meanwhile, the White House says Fiji's joining US President Joe Biden's Indo-Pacific Economic Framework, making it the first Pacific country in the plan that's part of a US effort to push back on Beijing's growing regional influence. The American actor Ray Liotta, best known for the Martin Scorsese gangster film Goodfellas, has died at the age of 67. His publicist said the star died in his sleep in the Dominican Republic, where he'd been shooting the film Dangerous Waters. He was born in New Jersey, but later moved to Los Angeles to follow his dream of becoming an actor. The BBC's Regan Morris looks back on his life. And I just love this game. He played the baseball player Shoeless Joe Jackson in Field of Dreams and won an Emmy for his guest role on ER. It was a glorious time. But it was his breakout role as the gangster Henry Hill in Goodfellas which defined Ray Liotta's career. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. To me, being a gangster was better than being president of the United States. He established himself as one of Hollywood's most dependable tough guys, with roles in Copland, Killing Them Softly, and the video game Grand Theft Auto. He'd seen a resurgence in his career in recent years, starring in the prequel to The Sopranos, playing a divorce lawyer in Marriage Story, and a corrupt cop in Shades of Blue with Jennifer Lopez, and his real-life daughter Carson, playing his character's daughter in the show. What are you doing? You're leaving your car? Watch, it's a car for me. Lorraine Bracco, who played Leota's wife in Goodfellas, tweeted that she was utterly shattered to hear of his death, and that when asked what the best part of making Goodfellas was, she always had the same response, Ray Leota.
One of the founding members of the British band Depeche Mode, Andy Fletcher, has died. He was 60. The keyboard player and his bandmates had success in the 1980s and 90s with a string of hits, including Just Can't Get Enough. The former drummer of The Cure, Lol Tolhurst, was friends with Fletcher. At that time in modern music at the beginning of the 80s, all this new electronic stuff was coming out and becoming available. Things that we had never thought of before, like samplers and stuff, uh, were coming to the fore. And he was a great fan of all of those things and and very, very um, talented in his own way. The Swedish supergroup ABBA have returned to the stage for the first time in more than four decades with the world premiere of their digital concerts. The band were recreated using motion capture technology, appearing on stage in London as avatars. These fans said they were impressed. It was brilliant. It was unbelievable. It was extraordinary. So realistic. As soon as I came on the side, I just burst into tears. I thought I'd been waiting so long to see them. And it's just, yeah, very emotional. It's all in 1979. It took me right back there. It was almost seeing the real thing. The emotions. It was, it was everything about it was a, a treat for your ears, your voice, your eyes and your feet. Sport now and for a preview of this weekend's European Champions League final, here's the BBC's John Bennett. It's the biggest game of the year in European club football, the Champions League final. English FA Cup and League Cup winners Liverpool take on the La Liga title holders Real Madrid in Paris and these two teams know all about this special occasion. They met in the 2018 final when Gareth Bale was the hero for Real with two goals and a 3-1 win over the Premier League side. A year later, Liverpool made up for that defeat when they beat Tottenham in the next Champions League final. But despite that, Liverpool forward Mohamed Salah says he still feels they have a score to settle. Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp, though, has downplayed that comment, saying they're not thinking about revenge. As for his opposite number, the Real Madrid boss Carlo Ancelotti will make history whatever the outcome. Ancelotti is the first manager to reach the Champions League final on five occasions. Karim Benzema has been his star player in the Champions League this season. The French striker has scored an incredible 10 goals in the knockout stages. But Salah and Sadio Mane will take some stopping by the Spaniards. They've scored a combined 54 goals this season. That is the big match to look forward to this weekend, the Champions League final in Paris. BBC's John Bennett. Round of our top stories tonight. The Urban Renewal Authority announces a huge revamp of Calvin City. Property prices start rising again after three months of falls. And Beijing's top advisor on the basic law has said Hong Kong's constitutional order may have to change after 2047, but will remain in place until then. The news from RTHK. Yeah, yeah, RTHK, Radio 3.
from the 80s, Laura Branigan, and a track they called The Lucky One. I remember Gloria pretty well, I'm sure. Into our second hour on this Friday night, Peter King with you with our marvellous musical, magical mystery tour, giving way to Sentimental Journey at five past midnight. So we've got 40 minutes if you want to request. Unless you want to change the music, of course, it's Radio Pete at Gmail. In the first hour, I was talking about a song from Depeche Mode. This one is right. <laughs> 